Welcome to The Lending Lowdown. I'm Iwana Barza, Head of Market Analysis, and I'm joined by CJ Doherty, Director of Analysis. We're excited to host our second podcast together. Second quarter wraps up on the heels of the Fed's 75 basis point rate hike. We want to set the stage for what might lie ahead with a stalled primary loan market and a deeply discounted secondary. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. CJ, this was the biggest hike since 1994. Thanks, Iwana. And yes, it was a big one, and there are more hikes to come. Um, you know, rising inflation has prompted a more aggressive monetary tightening by the Fed. And in turn, we have seen a, you know, a big pickup in volatility in recent weeks. And while rising rates are perceived to be a good thing for loans, as they're floating rate assets, there are concerns that the Fed might increase rates to an extent that it hurts economic growth and causes a recession and hits credit quality. And so the, the Fed has a balancing act to do, increasing interest rates to try and control inflation, but not hurt the economy too much. So not an easy thing to do. No, it's not. And in this environment, most asset classes have come under pressure. Although performance varies widely, of course, but I think you might say there's been no escape for any asset classes, including leveraged loans. Yeah, there's been a repricing of risk across markets, and there's a lot of caution among lenders. Uh, while we've definitely, uh, you know, been hit, leveraged loans, you know, have fared better than other asset classes like bonds and equities. Loans outperformance has been due to their, their floating rate nature versus the predominantly fixed rate bond market. Um, and to put some numbers on year-to-date performance, U.S. leveraged loans have lost 3.7% on a total return basis in comparison to investment-grade corporate bonds, which are down 15%, and high-yield bonds have lost 13%. And on the equity side, the S&P 500 is down 19% year-to-date. Um, however, as you know, you know loans have, have not been able to escape the broader market negative sentiment in recent weeks. I mean, look, loan returns, when we when we see those numbers, they're not as hard hit, but it is still quite negative for loans. And they're really dragged down by that volatility in the secondary. Yes, absolutely. You know, secondary loan prices have gyrated this year and are down significantly, you know, initially hitting a low in mid-March, then regaining some lost ground before starting to, to uh, head lower again in late April, early May, and are now at their lowest level this year. Um, on the other hand, you know, some investors who have money to put to work are examining opportunities to pick up paper at a discount, you know, given that the, the average loan bid is now in the area of 93 cents on the dollar, and that's down from 98 and a half at the start of the year. That is five points. Uh, anybody who knows the loan asset class, that's, that's a really, that's a significant shift. And it's not surprising we are seeing this flight from risk. And that drag was even bigger for the lower rated credits. Yeah, you know, looking at triple C loans, they've lost nearly 8% year to date. Single Bs are off by 4%. And double Bs, the, the higher quality segment of the, of the leverage loan market, they've outperformed other rating categories, but are still down 2.5%. And then talking about the hardest hit, the cyclical sectors, I mean... Yes, indeed. You know, retail and automotive have led the, the secondary loan market lower, posting declines of seven points and five points, respectively, this year. On the other hand, commodity prices have provided support for oil and gas and, and the mining sectors, with both down less than one point, uh, though they, they make up a very small share of the leveraged loan market. Um, but if we look at the, the biggest sectors in the, in the secondary market, the likes of technology, healthcare, and financial services, they're all down over four points. 
Well, as one underwriter said, this is the time to be brave and step in. There are opportunities with a lot of potential upside, but not just in the secondary. In the primary, we've seen original issue discounts or OIDs in the low to mid 90s. And to be fair, there's, you know, there's very little in the way of new issue. And we expect a slow summer as banks are working on that paper they've underwritten before, you know, condition shifted so dramatically. So this might be buying us some time as the CLOs, the biggest buyers of loans, they've also been affected. AAA spreads are now in the 200 basis point area, and that's 40 to 50 basis points wider in the last month. And there was more bifurcation between managers as well. Um, and, and you might argue, you know, the wider the CLO spreads are, the more attractive for AAA investors. But on a relative value basis, spreads have widened in other securitized products too. Yeah, and, and if you think about it on an opportunistic note, market conditions have created these opportunities for the CLO managers to build par. So they're buying loans they, at sizable discounts in the secondary market. Yeah, and that's why we've seen CLO print and sprint deals recently. Um, also, I would add, you know, CLO warehouses can potentially absorb some of the supply on offer in the secondary loan market, but some warehouses have a significant amount of underwater assets, um, and that's because market conditions are so different today compared to when they bought these assets. So you do have warehouses, and, there, and there's quite a few that are hampered in, in taking advantage of these market conditions. Yeah, and that makes it really hard to predict what, what the new issue CLO numbers are going to do. Uh, and we've we've all noticed these forecasts being adjusted down, right, uh, for the year. And they're also really wide ranging. So some research analysts say 90 billion for the year, all the way to 140 billion. Now, so CLOs very mixed in the outlook. But retail loan funds, we have seen a very clear and major reversal. Yeah, we certainly have. You know, typically the, the rising rate environment is good for leveraged loan funds due to their, their floating rate nature. And we've seen this a lot in recent times, you know, through the first four months of this year, uh, loan retail funds pulled in 25 billion. Uh, and this came on the heels of 46 billion of inflows last year. Uh, and also there was a sizable reallocation of money into leveraged loans from high bonds earlier in the year. Um, but with the broader market volatility and falling loan prices in the secondary market recently, you know, loan fund inflows have turned to outflows. And since the beginning of May, outflows have totaled over 7 billion. So we enter this third quarter with so much uncertainty. Investors are scrutinizing every credit. What if there's a downturn? How is this credit going to behave? What is a reasonable estimate of EBITDA shortfall if we enter a recession? Yeah, um, although it's not quite fundamentals, you know, not yet at least. You know, defaults remain low, though they are expected to climb from current levels, though not necessarily spike. Um, but there are signs of deterioration. You know, in, inflation and supply chain issues are having an impact on a swath of, of companies and as a result of downgrades, outpaced upgrades in May and June. Um, and even looking forward, you know, as we touched on, the expectation is that the summer will be quiet in terms of leveraged loan deal flow. Um, the first thing is for banks to try and clear loans in the pipeline that they've already underwritten. Well, you know, uh, and oh, no, CJ, I was just going to say, as deals work through the market, right? I mean, private credit's a pocket of capital. So direct lenders, they have money to put to work. They've had a lot of strong fundraising in these recent years. And also, they're not marking to market. Yeah, direct lenders have been able to, to step in on both smaller and larger deals with several mega Unitron deals in the second quarter, including the newest one, the $5 billion deal for Zendesk. 
Um, and, and that said, you know, they, along with, you know, bank underwriters continue to navigate a, a very challenging uh, market. Um, you know, what happens with large scale M&A related deals, you know, the likes of Citrix, Teneco, for example, you know, when it's their time? Well, the, you know, the way the market responds, I think, to those deals is going to give us a lot of insight. So what else are lenders watching as we head into 3Q? Well, I invite you to check out our 3Q Outlook and our lender survey results at LoanConnector.com. And I want to thank you for joining us. I'm Iwana Barza and here with CJ Doherty. CJ, thank you so much for doing this. And again, we want to thank all of you for listening to our second episode. Subscribe to The Lending Lowdown on your favorite podcast platform. When you contribute your fixed income deals to Refinitiv, they'll reach over half a million buy and sell side professionals around the world and be included in our industry-leading league table rankings. To ensure we're capturing your entire deal flow, visit contribute.refinitiv.com forward slash FI sign up or contact our team at contribute at refinitiv.com. Make your deal count.